Hi, I'm Jeff Miller. And I'm Anthony Navarro, and welcome to Talk Out Loud, where LGBTQIA people proudly share their stories. On this special episode of Talk Out Loud, Jeff is joined by Max Harwood and Lauren Patel, the stars of the film adaptation of the award-winning hit musical from London's West End, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Inspired by true events, the film tells the story of Jamie New, played by Max Harwood, a teenager in a blue-collared English town with a dream of life on stage. While his classmates plan their livelihoods after graduation, Jamie contemplates revealing his secret career ambition as a fabulous and proud drag queen. His best friend, Pretty, played by Lauren Patel, and his loving mom shower him with endless support, while the local drag legend, Miss Loco Chanel, played by Richard E. Grant, mentors him towards his debut stage performance. But it's not all rainbows for Jamie, as his deadbeat dad, an uninspired career advisor, and some ignorant school kids attempt to rain on his sensational aspirations. In a rousing and colorful musical, Jamie and his community inspire one another to be more accepting and to see the value in facing adversity, stepping out of the darkness and into the spotlight. Let's hear Max and Lauren's story. We are here with two special guests from the new film that's coming out this September. Everybody's talking about Jamie. We've got Max Harwood and Lauren Patel here. Welcome. Welcome Hello. to Talk Out Loud. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yes. And so we're in, actually, the three of us are in Chicago today. We are in Chicago. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> yes. And just to give everybody both a little bit of understanding, where are you both from originally? I'm from Bolton in England. It's near Manchester. Ah. And I'm from a town in the south of England called Basingstoke, which is like basically south of London. Wonderful. Yeah. And so the, the the film, and actually originally the musical, is based on Jamie New, right? Max, yeah, yeah. Who, who you play. Yeah. And, and just not being from the UK, can you give us an understanding of like, where did Jamie grow up? So Jamie grows up in Sheffield, which is a city in the north of England. And he's a working class lad. And he grows up without giving too much away with his single mum and in a house in Parsons Cross, which is a council estate in Sheffield. As you can see from the poster, which I'm sure someone might be looking at right now whilst they're listening to this, he is a very exuberant, bright, probably very wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, optimistic character. (laughs) And just to back up a little bit, so you both were in school studying, right? And to give anybody a little background as far as, had you done any acting before? No. <laughs> I, um, I I was an extra sometimes when I was a little kid because it was really fun and I got to go on like theme park rides and miss a day of school. But I didn't really understand what was happening. And then I was trying to get into like, college to study acting and none of them would let me in so then I got this but like in the space of 20 days at the same time when I got rejected from all of these places and I was like oh I'm never gonna be an actor it's gonna be so bad and then I got this job in like 20 days and then a month later I'd moved to Sheffield and moved out for the first time and I was 18 and I was living in a flat in Sheffield shooting a movie with you across the hall from me across the hall <laughs> and now here we are and isn't that so it's so it's amazing to me like that desire that sometimes we have inside of us and how the universe sometimes says we're gonna get you there totally oh, different oh wow yeah the power everything of the happens universe. for Come a on. reason all that yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
And can we talk a little bit, you know, just to give the listeners, about Pretty and what her, just a little bit about her. She's, yeah, so she's um, Jamie's friend. She's Jamie's best friend. She better be. And she, um, she basically, she's the polar opposite of Jamie in every single way. And she does not know why he wants to wear a wig and wear some makeup and dress up. But she loves him and she asks questions and listens to him and tries to understand and supports him. And she has her flaws, but she loves him unconditionally and... I think that that's such a lovely dynamic yeah. to have. And and I, you know, just not to give anything away, I, I got to, to to watch the movie uh, yesterday. I was so what what the movie the story does is such a good job of creating a safe space for everyone. And sometimes, like I know for myself as a as someone who was grew up as a closeted gay man, that. Um, there was a lot of things like people had said things to me and I was like, if, if you had had the life experience I had, you would be not, a, you know, not the best person either. Right. And then mm-hmm. once I started to like, you know, take those in and stop trying to maybe necessarily come at people because I was hurting. Yeah. And once I got better and accepted myself, it allowed me to start having these healthy relationships with people that were even close to me. And there was times, honestly, where people that were dear friends that had my back that I came out swinging at them in ways mm-hmm. that they didn't understand because they would ask a question. And there's this moment in, in, in the movie, we're not to talk about it too much, where there's a safe space that's created between the two of you. Yeah. Where this intersection, and, and, and you see that reoccur in other uh, relationships within the movie as well too. Can you talk a little bit about that and Max, when you read this for the first time, or I don't know if you saw the musical for the first time, what, what went through, through your head when you, about the role? Well, I just, I was, like you say, there is so many relationships in this film where, you know, Jamie is a really brave 16 year old, out, yes. out gay. It's, it's from the off. It's, there's no question about that. He's that and he can stand up for himself and his sexuality easy. I wouldn't say he's a victim in this story at all. But what really struck me is that um, that this sort of story becomes about more about how other people shift around him to nurture him and to create a safe space for him to explore himself. And when I saw the show for the first time, I saw a person who, like you said, about your experience who is incredibly flawed and bats back at people that love them Mm. you know particularly i remember the scene in the musical version of this project that struck with me was the moment close to the end of the movie without giving too much away (laughs) there's a scene between him and his mother and he's you know gone on this journey and he's not been the best behaved in the way he's reacted towards his mother and he comes back and they have this like scene in the kitchen and it's just a moment of that sort of realization that you know other people have been have been there with me and actually I've I've been putting up my own walls and my own you know walls in my head to to not allow other people to um to actually truly enable me to move forward so that's what really struck it about me to me and also I love that it's I love that it's not a coming out story that that it's unique in that sense you know he's he's open about his sexuality from from the off and has that bravery and it's it's more about how he takes his place in the world safely and how mm. how the other people around him shift. In my mm. personal opinion, yeah, yeah, and, and I and I think that um, what I also like about the film is it, it it gives credit to the people that have come before Jamie, right? There's an important part that we won't talk about too much, but it, and that's the thing is that if, what has happened in my life is is I've I don't know maybe had a spiritual awakening about accepting myself and and, walk, and, and I think anyone can relate to this. Right? We all have these things about ourselves that are these truths that maybe might not be in the current status quo of the way we're living. That something wants to be expressed. Like, and what happened for me and what continues to it is that 
is that when I was younger, I used to hear these stories more like from a religious perspective. I loved like hearing like Sunday school stories because mm. there was magic and the things that took place 2000 years ago. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I was like, wouldn't it be so cool to be alive in a time when the world was still, like when it was coming to its, coming to its own. And something happened for me when I finally started looking at things differently, or maybe that brick wall that I had in my own head that I had maybe created myself, right? And I realized that I was playing a role in creating that brick wall that was yeah. imitating who I was. That wait, no, it's still happening today. Yeah. And what a gift for all of us to be able, if we so choose, to participate in that. Yeah. That was, I think, so so much with, with the storyline that I was just like, I was so, it does such a beautiful job of telling that. And the fact that it is also based on a, a real life story. Yeah, yeah. Lauren, so for yourself, there, there's also some things that Pretty's working through as well in the film. Yeah, I think that um, I think that unlike Jamie, she knows exactly where she wants to be. She says at the very start of the film that she wants to be a doctor and she wants to go to Cambridge. And, you know, she's debating sacking off her best mate's drag show so she can do some revision. Like, she knows exactly where she wants to be. Um, but I think that Pretty has put herself in that box of what she wants to be in the future. And I think that throughout the film, we see her accepting more that maybe she is a bit like the other girls in her class. And I think that Jamie exploring his femininity and not seeing femininity as a dirty thing or something that makes you less intelligent. It's like, to me, that was my thinking throughout the film for her. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's really beautiful. I'm just curious, Max, for the listeners that are listening, had you ever done drag before this? Um, apart from like a packet wig um, and a, like a skirt around my um, my, up my neck. Um, no, not drag, but maybe that's that was like me dressing up when I was a little kid and um, playing in the dressing up box when I was at nursery and stuff like that. But no, not drag as we know it now, not the full makeup and wig and stuff like that, no. I, I love that you where you just took that with the playing as a kid. Oh yeah. You know, and I remember as a kid that there was I, I liked sledding. I, I grew up in Michigan. There was a lot of snow. It's uh, winter hills and stuff like that. Outdoor sports in the winter. Yeah. What are you going to do for four months when it's, you know, dark and gray? Uh, and I love that kind of stuff. But I also love, like, my friend had an easy-bake oven. And I yeah. love, like, baking, <laughs> right? Like, And that was in the, it was like the late 80s. And that was, like, the thing that was marketed to women or to girls, right? Yeah, the yeah. girls get the... And, and I was like, I love to bake. Like yeah. I would go over to my friend Sarah's house. And, and I remember it was almost like I knew I had to kind of keep it a secret, right? Yeah. And, um, and then... And, and we were like, where did that come from, right? Like, where did where did that guilt or that shame or that, oh, like, it was, you know, it was probably there was something that I picked up from somewhere that that was not acceptable. Do you know what that where that's from? Tell me. I think that happens when you realize that other people that look like you are doing things differently to you. Because when I was at preschool and when I was young and I was, you know, putting on grease in my living room to my nan, and my, my I had really supportive parents when my, when my um, nan and my mum were, like, wetting themselves laughing. And when I was at um, preschool and you know, everyone, everyone dressed up, you know, the boys played with whatever they played with, the girls played whatever they what they played with. I think when you go through that process, especially where Jamie is, where he's at school and people start to, people start to make you feel differently mm. or you start to observe things in other people that you, don't relate to you and, and maybe what your, you know, the binaries of your current gender, are at the universe tell, and the this society tells you about that so I think it comes from when when you have that realization that you're different to other people and for me that came from when I was at secondary school I'm not really a sports person <laughs> let's just say that and I the boys went off and played rugby yeah. and the girls went off and played netball now I am rubbish at rugby and I don't like being tackled and I don't like mud and I don't like dirt um, and that's just me and I and I realized that all the other boys like that and 
Or did they like that? And they, do you know what I mean? It's one of those things. And that's when I realised. Mm. So I'd say maybe that might be similar for other people that are listening. And I, I'm lucky in the sense that I don't think anyone ever, ever made me feel too bad for that. And I think it was, again, going back to that wall you put up. And it was, it, that's where it began for me. When I, I began, in, began to, you know, internalize my own homophobia i guess mm-hmm. at a very young a very young age because of the things i was seeing in the media and things around mm. yeah and i think that for, for all of us whether it's it's internalized homophobia or um with gender you know um issues where i've i've, I've had friends that are that are women that struggle when other women are successful and we yeah. talk about it and it let alone actually you know you're, you're sitting here nodding your head <laughs> talk about that a little bit yeah. yeah it's like a whole thing with um internalized misogyny and it's go. Well, I, that's, I think that was the thing that I was kind of saw in Pretty was this whole thing of like, oh, I'm not like other girls. I'm clever. Like, uh. um, and I think that, like I say, like she, as much as this story is everybody's talking about Jamie, um, she like goes through her own little transformation yeah. for prom and she feels more like herself. And I feel like she does that because Jamie has the courage to do that. And she, yeah. she always follows in his footsteps a little bit. I'm with you. I agree. So I agree. hundred yeah. and ten percent. And I would, you know, what I would say to what you just both said is it, I think we talk about, you know, things and how there's a cont- courage is contagious yeah. if you allow it to be right. Yeah. And, and sometimes what happens though, also on the flip side of that is, is sometimes with courage also makes other people uncomfortable. Yeah. Right, because maybe they're not willing. Maybe I'm not, not willing to go not there. Not there yet. They're not right? there yet. Which is okay, because yeah. I wasn't there for a long time either. Yeah. You neither, know? neither was I. Right. So, yeah. Um, and so I think it's you know to be able to meet people exactly where they're at. We've we've had guests on the show. We had a guest a while ago, and she talked about resilience. She's a psychologist, psychiatrist, and she talks about how, especially when we're younger, trauma and how it affects life and ACE scores uh, and stuff like that, which we wouldn't really go into. But the point is, she talks about that. All it takes is one person to pour into you. And whether that's, you know, how Jamie, you know, pulls in, pour, pours into Pretty and how Pretty pours, how you both pour into each other, right? Mm. And it's that, that one person and how much that, that with that then comes resilience, mm. if we so choose to accept that. Um, yeah. And, and there's definitely this resilience in Jamie that, that comes out that, you know, Pretty, we don't want to talk about too much, but <laughs> she benefits. We all benefit. They benefit from each other. Let's just put it yeah, that yeah. way. I was reading something the other day and it talked about how, how I treat myself is then how then how people see it, how they're allowed to treat me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Right? I feel like I'm in therapy right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what we try to do here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, and, 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 and it doesn't and, and I can't and it doesn't matter. And then and then, then with that then and more so than is as how I treat other people. Right. Because then that that becomes the reality of the life that I'm living in. I heard somebody, you know, you said, Oh, you're having a wonderful time here in Chicago. Yeah. And um and I and I, I have met people before that sometimes are not in their best place in life. Mm. Like, how was Florida? Oh, it wasn't good. How <laughs> was Chicago? Oh, it wasn't good. And it's just like my reality so much is based upon like what I put out into the world. What I wanted, no, so truth be told, I've never done drag. I was a figure skater as a kid. So oh, got wow. to wear some spandex stuff, right? And um, and I look back upon that, and I'm like, wow, my parents were really surprisingly supportive about that, where they were at <laughs> in their life at, at that time. But so for both of you, I'm just curious, I'm not sure how it worked with the review of production and stuff. When you first put on the eyelashes and the yeah. full, the full, when you had your full coming out on stage, when did you first really get to see yourself in the mirror? Um, I suppose uh, in full me, me, me drag, it was um, we the way we shot that the scene in the film where 
you see, we we yeah. create the, the persona. I, I couldn't get into full drag. We did, we had to shoot that scene sequentially, unlike lots of the other films in the scene. So it was a, it was a process of putting it on. As we went through the day, I got uh, more more dragged up, and it was you know towards the end of the day when we we shot the, you know Jamie walking onto the stage with his anxiety and whether he's actually going to go on the stage, we don't know, and he's has that. So the first time I saw myself was absolutely terrifying, mm. um, and it was um, drag does this thing to you when you do it. I think it's that you know maybe pretty pretty similar with lots of different performance arts and singing and stuff is that. When you're there in the moment and you're terrified, you have to step into it because otherwise mm. it will take over you. And more so than any other thing that I've done before, you know, writing, singing, whatever, with drag, it's on you. You ain't shaking it off. That corset is tight. That wig is glued. Those shoes are on. You've got to go. And you've got to seize, seize the moment and just make it happen. And something comes over you that is so incredibly exciting when you see yourself and you're like, I am that person and I am going to absolutely kill it. And it took a mo- it took a moment. It took a beat. I have to. I can't lie. It was a complete process. But I hope that whatever you see in the film, if you know whether Jamie makes it on that stage or not, I don't know. But <laughs> if he does, I hope that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was this uh, philosopher named Panjali from many years ago, and kind of just actually what you're talking about, Jamie. He talks about being inspired mm. in spirit and inspirado. That when we start to allow those things, the dormant forces within us that we don't even know we have, mm. powers, unconscious things come to the surface. So, but we do know, Lauren, that you had not, you know, you were in college. And what was it like for you when you on your first day being on set? I have never been so nervous in my entire life. <laughs> but no, to be fair, because obviously like you're shooting a movie and there's a bunch of logistical things happening. So I went to set and then it was like, I got to, um kind of watch for a little while and wait and my scene was like towards the end of the day so I was actually really lucky that by the end of the day I was like oh can we just do it please <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh I've been sitting over so long Max and Richard hurry up please because <laughs> I need to get on camera <laughs> No. But no, it was just, oh, it was so, it was lovely, like genuinely wouldn't have been able to step on that set if I hadn't already known Max and gotten to know Max and felt like we were in it together. And without like our production crew and we worked with a wonderful acting coach and everybody. Alison Rashley. Alison Rashley, big up. Uh, and everybody made sure we were as prepared and supported as we possibly could be to go into uh, the lion's den and Kat shoot Marshall, the movie. Big up, Kat Marshall, let's go. And, and that, I love that you talked about all this because I think the understanding with, with Jamie's story about how important it is accepting whatever your own gifts and talents are, mm. when you make a film or a production or, or, or even if you're working in a restaurant in the back of a kitchen, the first time you step, I mean, I, I waited tables when I was struggling financially when I was younger. And I remember I like- I in a restaurant too. Right. Me too, the, hated it. The, the, right. But did it change your perception of like, now when you're sitting at the table, you're like, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff going on in back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I am, I'm like, life is hard. Life is hard. I worked so hard and I had no money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, but you think about like all this, all the wonderful people that you just mentioned that, that came and supported, and how you all came together to create this wonderful thing, right? Like, can we just like this? Like, I I say this so much, but like, yes, me and Lauren maybe sat here in Chicago in a really nice outfit in a really nice hotel talking about this film to you, but I mean, this the crew and the team on this film were second, like absolutely second to none. They yeah. were absolutely amazing, and none of none of this would 
even happen without them. So yeah, like you say, it would be completely awful of us if we came here and like, yeah, we were so It was great. all us. <laughs> like we literally just stood there and said what we were told to yeah, say. And no. they made us look fantastic. Yeah. So I'm curious. So major props to them. There is a, a part in the in the film where you have this teacher. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's really much about like, what are you going to do with your life career? Like what's, what's going to happen. And I'm just curious, just for both of you in your own personal lives, when you decided that you were going to enter maybe a, a thing that is not necessarily always um, celebrated yeah. because there's a, there's like that protagonist, this like that, Oh, you know, it's not, it's not going to, it may not work out or. Yeah. There's loads of actors. And I think like, what is it? Like 1% of people that want to do acting end up doing it or something yeah. like that. It's a really small percentage yeah. of people that want to do acting end up doing it and yeah. So what was that like for, for, for either or both of you with, with your family going out and, and choosing the, the life, you know, I mean, obviously today hindsight's twenty twenty, so you can see where you got yeah, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but just to know when you were, just being true, because I guess really, sorry, the, 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 the missed question would be, what was the truth you had to have to yourself when making the decisions you've made that have gotten you to where you are today? Oh, well, um, I think that I was quite lucky in terms of like, if you're asking about like sitting down your parents and saying, yeah. I want to go be an actor. I was quite lucky at that I was very young when I got this job and I'm lucky to have like a very supportive dad who who is like, if you enjoy it, you can go and do it. And so the mindset that I was in before I got this job was, I'm just going to learn about it and do it because I enjoy it. And it probably won't be my job, but I can get another quote, normal job and just do this on the side and maybe do some amateur dramatics and get a little part in a TV show in 10 years or something. And then it kind of all happened at once. And so I could kind of sit sit my dad down and go, see, here's what I'm doing. I'm employed. It is a proper job. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> so I was up. very fortunate in that, to be fair. Yeah. Love yeah. your dad. Love my dad. Big up, pressure up the town. <laughs> He's in the film, actually. Do you know Lauren's dad? Lauren's dad plays Pretty's dad in the film. Yeah, my dad's in. They needed somebody to play my dad and come in. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my dad. Yeah. So then, with the whole "I want to be an actor" conversation, he got to come to set and have his little trailer and get a mic on and have a day on set and see what it was I was actually doing. He's. Can we? He's he's a pharmacist. He's a pharmacist, and he said yes to this. Yeah. Was there, did it take any convincing or? He, so I very much undersold it. And then he, his face dropped and he went so pale when they put a mic pack on him and asked him to say words. Uh-huh. And I kind of just let him go with the flow uh-huh. as I did, you know? He was great. He loved it. He's great. And he loved watching you he as well. Like, that was really me. nice. He didn't out act you. Come on, <laughs> Lauren. But no, no, he would loved it. Yeah. I think it's nice. My parents also got to visit set, not to be in the movie, but I think it's, that, like Lauren said, is like a huge thing when you your parents get to see you doing a thing that you've told them that you want to do for so long. Yeah. And then they're like, wow, this is this is actually a job. Like, you're yeah. working really hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It is a job. Yeah. <laughs> it is a job. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, we talked earlier about like that, that playing. Like, you know, like you, you said Lauren was like, oh, I'm going to have some fun with this and, and see where it goes. And yeah. you also use the word normal, which yeah. the film kind of has this arc that necessarily says it. But, I mean, you can feel it in the in the classroom without giving too much away about, you know, I remember I remember being and they're like, for, for here in the States at least, it's like, you know, you go to high school, most kids graduate when they're 18 and mm-hmm. then you go on to college. And I remember people like, oh, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And I had no clue. No clue. No clue. And, um, and I encourage people today, like, just to go out and play, like go mm-hmm. out and live your life. And as you're playing, at least from my experiences, that's when I start to be like, oh, like this was not so much fun. This was more fun. Yeah. And, and so I just want to pause there for a second because 
we talk about this as acting, but I feel like that everyone, no matter who we are, when you, we get up in the morning and we put our feet on the floor, yeah. we're, we're creating something. Does, yeah, energy. That, what are you both looking forward to in, in the year ahead? Oh, wow. I'm excited to um, step into more places that challenge me, I yeah. guess. Um, whether that be in my work or my personal life. Doing, I've had like a the really amazing opportunity over the last year in the pandemic to do a few other projects and a few other films, which I can't talk about just yet. But those were really amazing, and those are very different projects to this one. And um, I want to do keep keep diversifying my skill set. I'm excited to keep writing and see where that takes me. I hopefully I'm gonna be bringing out my, some of my own music next year, um, which will be hopefully major. But yeah, just keep creating. And, <laughs> that, that's a very UK word, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's major. very major. Yeah. But um, yeah, just stuff that challenges me, really, that I'm excited to yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, it's like we essentially get to play dress up and play pretend for a living. So I just want to do that, <laughs> to be honest. Just keep playing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just want to keep having fun. And I will do this for as long as I enjoy it, which I can't see stopping anytime soon. So that... I want to encourage you both to keep doing what you're doing. I love a good soundtrack. And I think uh, I just have to stop and pause and say, everyone, that the soundtrack is one that uh, you will be benefiting from from years to come. Oh, yes. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and for both of you, what, what, was the, what was the singing experience like? I love singing. Yeah. I love music. Um, and I love this music. And Dan Gillespie Sales is just incredible. Um, who wrote this all of this music with Tom McRae, our writer. Dan was the lead singer of The Feeling, um, really successful band. And to learn from him about the music industry and vocals and all of that stuff has just been an absolute, like, priceless yeah. experience yeah. for me. It, yeah, I'm very much the same. I think, obviously, I didn't, like, do drama school. I got, like, a little singing qualification before Jamie but I hadn't sung professionally or in a professional environment before. And again, we were just so well looked after. We worked with this wonderful vocal coach, Anne-Marie. And like Max is saying, to be able to sit in a studio and watch Dan and Jonathan talking about the soundtrack and talking about the choices that they're going to make and why. And you just sat there trying to absorb as much information as like possible. Like a sponge. Yeah, going, soak it up. tell me all of your secrets. Oh, <laughs> you got to be on the front line of that and just yeah. soak that all up. Yeah. And yeah. we were because we were we led this film like we got to be in rooms and to be involved in conversations that people are very privileged to very, be involved yeah, in. Like, people our age don't typically get to experience that. Seen like, behind the yeah. curtain. <laughs> oh. You're so mysterious, Lauren. You're so well, mysterious. I love the mystery. That's, <laughs> so uh, wrapping things up here, what, um, if I could ask you both, for anyone listening, no matter what it is or where they're at in life and what they're doing, from this experience. What, what, what wisdom would you drop? Any, anything that you would share to just as far as what you've learned from this experience? Um, We've already talked about a lot, so no pressure. Yeah. I would say I often stop myself from doing things out of fear that I will get rejected or of what other people will think. And I think that the more that you unlearn that behavior, the happier you will be. And like, if you get told no, then what? Right. You know? Instead then of myself telling myself before. no. Exactly. Mm. I've my like my huge thing over this last year, as I've had like friends that I've been at school with, drama school with, ask me like, how do I how do I do it? Like what? Like I just want to, you know, be in a film or be in the stage. And the one thing I keep saying to people is that you have to 
create opportunities for yourself and you can't be expectant of anything and if you want to create create make your own it stuff. doesn't just happen no it doesn't just happen right. and like you know this again i'm in a cr- incredibly privileged position to be saying that because this was like a, f- a fluke you know it happened because i put myself out there but you know we got we're sat here it was a one in a million chance that because we, we saw a random audition in the right place yeah. at the right time so just to say to go out there and do it and put yourself out there and and um knock on those doors and mm. um you know move on from a no because yeah you never know where one yeah. door is going to lead to after yeah, exactly right. yeah. totally totally yeah um so i just say to them to go and make stuff themselves and be be a creative in among in amongst being an actor you know yeah that's that's such from both of you. Thank you so much. Uh, oh man, Lauren Patel and Max Hardwood, this has been such a wonderful time to Thanks sit with for you. Us. Yeah, and, and we just we're so excited uh, for everyone to be able to get to see the movie. So yes, yeah, can't thank wait. you yeah. so much. Amazon Prime, seventeenth September. 17th yeah, we're gonna have all that on the outro and links and everything. So links, yeah, all the links. So major links. So yeah, awesome. Well, thank you both. Take care. All the best to you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this special episode of Talk Out Loud. And remember, you can catch Everybody's Talking About Jamie on Amazon Prime starting this Friday, September 17th. For more information about Max and Lauren, visit their profile page on our website at www.talkoutloudlive.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk Out Loud. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, rate us, and share with a friend. You can also follow us on social media at Talk Out Loud Live. To catch up on past episodes and learn more about our past guests, visit our website at www.talkoutloudlive.com. You can also get your official Talk Out Loud gear in our online store and browse our online bookstore curated with our guests' recommended books. Thanks again for listening. And remember, be true, be you, and to talk out loud.